Hello and welcome to Civic Spaces, a new podcast from European Civic Forum in which we sit down with those fighting for systemic change in Europe and beyond. Today, in our very first episode, we take you behind the scenes of our recent European convening, which took place on the 5th and 6th of December in Brussels. The event was a large gathering of civic actors, donors and institutional representatives working towards a systemic approach for an open civic space in Europe. We'll hear from activists from across Europe and speak to European Civic Forum's research and advocacy coordinator, Jada Negri, about why shrinking civic space is so important and what we can do to reverse the trend. But first, a little bit of context. If you're listening to this podcast, the chances are that you already know a fair deal about civic space. But for the uninitiated, here's a quick recap. Civic space is the political, legislative, social and economic environment which enables citizens to come together, share their interests and concerns, and act to influence and shape their societies. When we talk about civic space, that includes everything from freedom of assembly, to civil society organizations' ability to access funding. In recent years, civic space has been shrinking in Europe, with civil society under increasing attack across the continent. In response to this trend, organizations from all over Europe are calling on the EU to take action. In May, over 350 signed a joint call for a European civil society strategy. With the European Parliament elections now only 18 months away, European Civic Forum and Civil Society Europe organised this convening to further these efforts. The event was held under Chatham House rules, so unfortunately I wasn't able to take you inside the room. But I did manage to catch some people on the side and speak to them about why all of this matters so much. I started by asking what was their number one concern about civic space today. Yunus Mohamedi, Greek Forum for Refugees. For me, the biggest concern it is the criminalization of uh, uh, civil society organization, which is the biggest concern which I, I came uh, from Greece, and not just in Greece, and also in all over uh, Europe. Julie Arild, Global Focus in Denmark. We are very concerned with the general issue around civic space uh, and the fact that 3.1% of the world's population lives in countries that are where governments are not protecting freedom of assembly, association and, and speech, as Civicus Monitor is, is documenting. So uh, that's our big concern, that, that as civil society you're not free to operate. And we see this as a big issue because civil society is often in the front lines of societal changes, uh, assuring uh, human rights uh, accountability and, and that human rights are respected. Benjamin Cerise, Vox Public, France. What worries me most at the moment in France, where I work with organizations, is to see the continuous criminalization of social movements. Year after year, it's amplifying and hardening. Everyone has a clear opinion on what happened with the yellow vests, with a constant militarization of French policing, the use of semi-lethal weapons, which can mutilate. 
These weapons are now being used against environmental activists who were labeled eco-terrorists by the Minister of Interior. It definitely shocked me. He also threatened to use the anti-terror laws passed after the 2015 attacks against activists. This was already the case, but we see nowadays that activists are being harassed legally and by law enforcement within an anti-terror framework. This really worries me. Tina Divyak, Center for Information, Cooperation and Development of NGOs, Slovenia. Uh, my biggest concern is that uh, the, for the EU institutions, it has taken years to take the shrinking civic space seriously and to start thinking about the different tools, how to uh, approach this problem, that the reaction is still too slow and that uh, uh, it will take another few years for the situation to improve. So what are they doing at their level to protect and expand civic space? Uh, I am um, uh, from Greece and I'm representing the uh, organization and uh, communities in, in grassroots and we are suffering from shrinking space and criminalization of uh, civil society organizations. I'm here actually to connect with other civil society organizations and to share our concerns and also propose solutions uh, uh, for uh, for this concern that it is it uh, it, it relates to all civil society organizations and all stakeholders in, in Brussels. So we work on both advocacy around civic space uh, on a global level, but also especially focused on, on the global south uh, and what we see in, in many countries. And then we uh, have a rapid response mechanism called Claim Your Space, focused on providing support to uh, human rights defenders so that our partners of, of the members that uh, we have in our network. Um, so we do... And, and and that rapid response mechanism focuses both on pro the proactive uh, approach, but also reactionary to be able to respond to attacks to human rights defenders. So, so we work both on emergency support, but also trying to document these cases and then link that to, to our broader advocacy and also capacity development. Alors, euh, en France, on a participé à une coalition pour les libertés associatives. Euh, in France, we took part in a coalition for freedom of association. We ran it via Civitatis program. We wanted to bring together all the organizations, regardless of their purpose, to collectively agree on a common set of freedoms, of association, of expression, and of peaceful gathering. It's about us all, and we must react together if one organization is under attack. We must stand for these freedoms together, but we will also draw findings and build on this coalition work to be stronger together. It's a moment where our voices must be heard. It's not always easy. There can sometimes be tensions because of uh, an organization is under attack, which makes it harder for it to react. Uh, 
My organization therefore provides a lot of individual support to suggest communication strategies, mobilizations, but also care for activists. For example, we warn them about the incoming stress, which will weaken the organization, how to share power so that they overcome these tough moments and that the organization remains strong. This is also the plan behind the tax. Divert activists' energy towards self-defense instead of standing for rights. Through care, we make sure the organization continues its work even after being attacked. We are a national NGO umbrella organization in Slovenia, so we are doing a lot of things. We are doing a lot of uh, uh, advocacy on the national level, also on the EU level, while at the same time supporting our NGOs in Slovenia when they are uh, in uh, when they are attacked, for example, or they need to do engage in some kind of crisis management or something like that. So we do a lot of activities on different uh, different levels. We talk talk a lot with the EU institutions, uh, fundamental rights agencies, because we want to uh, um, uh, uh, send the message across about the situation in uh, Slovenia while supporting uh, our NGOs in coping with the situation in the best possible manner. Finally, I asked them why they found it important to come to the event and for civil society to come together to protect and expand civic space. I think already we are lit. Uh, we are we are here exactly because the civic space is shrinking uh, day by day in Europe. Shrinking civic space means actually increasing the gaps between the uh, different stakeholders. From the one side, civil society organization and societies, and from the other side, it is uh, institutions and uh, bodies, decision making bodies, which is actually. Uh, it is uh, uh, it is taking us far from our values, our uh, goals, which is uh, inclusive and democratic society in Europe. Shrinking space means that, actually. Yeah, so we believe very much that it's important for civil society to stand together in order to tackle these uh, issues. Um, of course, we need the, the, the duty bearers to to um, play their part, but, but for us as civil society to be strong, we need to stand together. So uh, a convening like this is really important in order to gather all of the civil society organizations and different actors within the EU and, and, and Europe. So um, we're very happy to be part. We see here today that this reduction of democratic space is expanding all across Europe. Some countries have experienced it before. I think about Eastern European countries who regularly warned us. The result today is a circle closing and trapping us. Today's discussions are key to prevent this circle from closing, to reflect on global strategies and what worked in other countries so that we build on lessons drawn earlier.
Well, of course, together we are stronger because, unfortunately, the, the uh, uh, argument of power is still uh, more powerful than the power, uh, power of uh, argumentation. And it's uh, kind of comforting also to see that also other in other countries are in the same situation and that we can also, maybe from Slovenia, where, uh, where we manage to turn the trend around. And uh, after the two years of the authoritarian government, uh, again, we have a let's say, normal, liberal uh, government, we can motivate with our stories, with our examples, how did we approach the issue, what activities uh, did we do, Wh whom did we contact, uh, how did we get the message across, and also uh, what NGOs and people actually uh, did in Slovenia in order to turn the trend uh, around. So this is, uh, these kind of events are for, uh, let's say, experience uh, sharing, motivation, inspiration, and also for giving us hope for the future. I'm joined now by Jada Negri, Research and Advocacy Coordinator at European Civic Forum and one of the key people behind the event. Jada, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me here. Jada, I wanted to start by looking back. You've been working on civic space at ECF for half a decade now. When you started out, was this issue of shrinking civic space already as widespread and well understood as it is today? Or was it only really just getting started? Um, hmm. I would say that the, the the trends were starting to already emerge, but what, what we were seeing is was a normalization of some of the hate that uh, um, people doing uh, human rights work were, were getting, um, a normalization of civil society not having enough funding, um, so back then, uh, what we did was really trying to uh, start mapping and uh, connecting the dots among these uh, issues and also trying to raise awareness, not only at the European level with the institutions, but also with the civil society, because uh, uh, many organizations that I was uh, calling to uh, to do this work of mapping and collecting resources were telling me, well, yes, this is a very important work, but we don't have a problem of shrinking civic space in Germany or in Greece. Um, it, so what we see now is uh, uh, a much greater awareness of what this entails, the fact that uh, some of these trends are not to be normalized, uh, they shouldn't be the normal. But at the same time, we also see an intensification and uh, um, also the trends becoming more violent, more violent in some countries. 
So was there a moment where you thought, okay, something serious is going on here. We need to step up our work on this. I think that uh, it was around uh, 2017. Some of the trends had already started emerging. You know, we had already Orban in the government in Hungary for a few years. We already had the terrorist attacks in France in um, that uh, sparked uh, some of the securitarian measures that then we have seen going from country to country. Um, but it was around 2017 that the civil society started to open its eyes to the fact that it was a wider European trend, a wider European trend when uh, um, the Lex NGO was uh, drafted um, in Hungary, the law that uh, basically vilified uh, civil society for receiving foreign funding. And that's when we started to say, okay, we need to start paying closer attention. And then we started seeing the criminalization of solidarity trend emerging more clearly. A lot of more research went into that. Then we started paying attention to the right to protest, the fact that uh, not only in France, but also, uh, well, already we had the gag law in, um, in Spain, that was 2015. So, uh, we started to put all these pieces together and also realizing that the shrinking civic space in, in some areas is very violent and uh, blunt. But uh, uh, this was also part of the challenge that often civic space, shrinking civic space in Europe is more subtle. It's done with a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of red tape, which first of all, drains resources away uh, from civil society's mission, but also uh, basically increases uh, the ability of governments to control civil society, because often this very complex, heavy bureaucratic burden comes also with uh, heavy sanctions uh, that can even lead to the registration or uh, the solution of uh, CSOs for not complying with uh, yes these uh, bureaucratic require requirements. So it was really uh, what we did was unpacking uh, all these different trends and uh, also understanding what the shrinking civic sp space meant in Europe, which is different from what to, to some extent what we see outside of Europe. Interesting. So could you give us a picture of what shrinking civic space in Europe really means, what it really looks like? What are the two or three main trends that concern you the most? Well, two or three are uh, maybe a few. Um, um, so I think that the first thing to mention is that what we see is a uh, tendency to disregard and uh, even to an extent uh, um, attack the collective dimension of active citizenship. And this is a very important uh, um, aspect of this collective uh, dimension because 
of course, it's important to have individual citizens that take action, that voice opinion. But uh, what the associations, movements, groups do is also to build uh, um, support uh, for these ideas, for these concerns, and also build uh, the, the work in the long term. So that uh, what uh, and so this is a uh, really really key and. Uh, um, we see that more and more leaders, institutions, not only at the national level, but also at the European level, try to go directly to the individual citizens and don't understand the importance of this collective dimension. And we see that who is particularly targeted by the restrictions is those that speak up. And this can range, again, from really subtle, informal um, ways of doing that. For example, um, we saw threats to service providers uh, that wanted to speak out for better policies in their areas of work. Uh, threats that they wouldn't receive for uh, they they wouldn't receive funding, for example, up to you know criminalization, slaps, um, judicial harassment, physical attacks and threats, and so on. Uh, but really, what is at stake is the um, ability of influence the policy making, uh, speak out, be critical of what authorities do, and not only authorities, uh, we also uh, see that uh, uh, those that speak out, for example, against corporations, um, um, uh, gangs of organized crime, and um, far-right groups, those are also under attack. Um, I could go more in depth in the trends, but uh, uh, in our activism ship, we uh, six at the beginning of the year, we uh, so six, uh, 10 trends, sorry, uh, for civic space in 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe the, the, um, the, the last point I want to make is that we also see an increase of hate or First of all, an increase of fear, of uh, um, pessimism toward the future. This comes uh, to an extent with the disengagement uh, in politics, in civic action. But uh, it can lead also to increase of hate. And uh, we see really that the anti-rights groups are and hate uh, narratives are becoming more present in the public space and this leads to also a lot of violence and uh, who are the most uh, targeted marginalized groups women the lgbti community and so on and just to say jada was referring to our magazine activism ship the sixth edition of which came out earlier in 2022 and is available on our website at civic-forum.eu and just finally jada the situation you laid out there is clearly serious, but why is it that you think this needs to be tackled at the EU level? Why do you see it as the EU's role to act? Um, 
first of all, we see that this is not a national level problem for at least two reasons. First of all, we see that uh, these patterns of um, repression are copied from one government to another. So there is a playbook of restrictions uh, that are being passed across Europe. Also, Europe has a responsibility in this because we cannot forget the, that uh, some of the economic and financial um, policies that have been pushed by the, or through the European Union have had an impact on the um, trends that I was mentioning before. We cannot protect uh, democracy, rule of law, only at the national level. And when uh, the courts and the institutions are captured at the national level, civil society look at the international level for, for support. And um, we have uh, right now uh, more tools than ever at the European level for this, but still way uh, not enough compared to the um, intensity of the problem. So we, this is why we convened um, in the past days to really see what can be done more at the European level for this. Jada, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. That's all we have time for today. This has been Civic Spaces from European Civic Forum, bringing you voices for systemic change. If you liked the podcast, please do share it with friends and colleagues. And don't forget to press subscribe. See you next time.